a career transition, what I believe was really the beginning of my conscious awakening. Uh, and I left clinical medicine, went to business school in, in Atlanta at Emory University. I started a healthcare company hmm. and then ended up um, being a healthcare equity investment analyst for a couple of years. And uh, in that in that time frame, I had my formal, I call it my formal conscious awakening where I really, really woke up, but I was too afraid to stop working and get off the, I don't know, just get off the bandwagon, get off the hamster wheel. Didn't know how mm -hmm. my conscious work could support me. And so I didn't do it. And I was just afraid. I was afraid to kind of break out or what it would look like. Then the best thing ever happened to me. I got fired from my investment job. I went through a, a layoff and my employer gave me a severance package. And I told myself, I said, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to do what I am here to do. And I knew that I was, I was going to write a book about my out-of-body experiences. And yeah. so I went about doing that. And then Susan Nicholas.org was born out of that and the Human Consciousness Consortium. And now I've written two books and have a speaking platform. I have an energy healing practice. I'm starting a podcast and, you know, just really moving my business forward. Yeah. Some private coaching clients. So it's, it's been working out. It hasn't been easy, as, as, as you likely know. I still do some healthcare consulting work uh, to support me as I'm growing my business. Mm -hmm. But um, it's all in all, I can't complain. It's it feels really good to finally be in my purpose. Interesting, interesting. You mentioned the books. Uh, what are the books that you wrote? So my first book is the Duality of Being. I actually have a copy of it. It's um, it's available on Amazon and you know just around the world and uh you know, digital format. I'm working with a book distributor to get my book into physical stores in 2020. And, um, you know, knock on wood, that's, that's already started. Uh, so nice. I'd like to see Congratulations. my Congratulations. Thank you. Just, you know, in airports, uh, physical bookstores, so people can look at it if they're on their, you know, if they're experiencing their own conscious awakening or having their own types of questions about purpose. And that book is, it's listed on Amazon, you said? It is. Okay, it is. and I'll have a link in the description to, to make yeah. it easier for you to find that book. Thank you. And what is that book about? So the duality being, the subtitle is Perspectives for Multidimensional Travel. And really what this is about is about the, my experience waking up consciously, but then more than that, what I've learned from it. Mm. And what I what I learned is, it, you know, <laughs> I think having my conscious awakening changed my perspective on the totality of human existence, not just my own life, but just the, all of our lives mm -hmm. and what we are doing here. And I thought it had, I'd become calm inside. I was not unwell in myself before my conscious awakening. I, I didn't want to exist any longer. I was woefully sad. I was carrying a lot more weight. Wow. And through through my conscious awakening, I've like literally let all of that go. I used to have chronic back pain. Uh, I, I had like a autoimmune uh, kind of like hives type reaction called angioedema. And I, I carried that stuff with me for, for like 20 years. <laughs> I mean, I was just wow. unwell. I, I just never felt good. I was sad all the time just woefully like, you know, depressed at times. 
and now I'm, I feel free. You know, I, I've really, I don't have a better word than I just feel free, just incredibly free. And I've lightened up, you know, my self, my vibration. And, um, imagine, you know, now that I work with energy clients, I have an energy practice. I realize that many people are also having their own challenges with their purpose and why they are here and questioning, especially in midlife. And I've met many people that, you know, have been able to go on living or to find something deeper within themselves when I, when we've worked together. And so I, you know, I, I think it's just very valuable. I think we're at a critical time on the planet where many people are waking up and there are people that are on the, you know, I call it the 11th life, life path um, and kind of coming into their spiritual work from whatever, wherever they were before. I mean, people mm -hmm. have been doing, we've been doing all kinds of work, you know, so to speak to pay mm -hmm. the bills and not many of us are transitioning into our soul work. And I'm one of those people. And I came from a very, um, you know, I, I trained as a surgeon. I came from a very clinical background. Um, I was a, you know, investor for a while, just very much about the facts and numbers and algorithms and the way of doing things. And um, now I'm more, more so into the realm of consciousness where all of that really falls to the wayside and it gets back to the core of our essence of our beingness about waking up and then finding what it is, what we are to do on the planet, how we are to serve humanity. Mm -hmm. Interest. You mentioned um, uh, more people are awakening. What is your definition of that? Cause everybody has a little bit of their own definition of the awakening. Uh, for me, what it means to wake up is to on a very, very fundamental like basic level, I believe to wake up to is, is to wake up to a conscious awareness to have awareness that you're are more than a physical person, that you're more than a physical body, that you're infinitely more than that. And then what what is the more? Like you know, there's the there's the you that you see in the mirror each day. I call it the shell of you, or I say we're wearing a costume, mm -hmm. but the the essence of us is energy, and that is been neglected. Um, I know in, in, in my training as a, as a doctor, the soul of you is, is like unspeakable. It's never addressed. It's ignored. Um, uh, it's marginalized. And if there's not a physical test with a physical result of some objective kind of measure that, that is, uh, you know, true or false, then, then you're well, you know, <laughs> Even, even though you can be suffering on a very deep soul level. And uh, we, don't, we don't have tests for your emotional, your um, spiritual well-being. And because we don't have a test for it, we, we, we don't have to measure it, and thus it doesn't exist. And mm -hmm. I, um, I disagree with that on a very <laughs> fundamental, basic level, that the body is just, you know... A shell it's it's our, our physical embodiment just allows us to have experiences in a third dimensional world it's what allows us to move around and to experience a third dimensional earth environment and it's wonderful and miraculous and has it's has its own magnificence but it's also very limited uh, from the from the perspective of energy I mean it, it you know I, I think about 
the visual light, the light spectrum, and then what part of that is visible. It's just a sliver of visible light, and that's what we can see. But the whole spectrum exists. And we know enough about that to say, oh, yeah, there's a huge spectrum of light, but what is visible to us is just a sliver in our physical mm -hmm. form. And, I, and right. I say that about the physical body. Like this physical body, it's like the tip of the iceberg. It's just a sliver of the totality of, like, of existence. Um, of your existence, of each person's existence. And I think if we focused more on that and understood the soul of us better, then I, I think many of us as surgeons would be out of business. Really? Wow. Oh, yes, definitely. I, I don't think that we'd have the people dying of cancers as they do. Yes, people will still have, you know, they'll still cut themselves with a knife, you know, or, you know, have accidents, accidents. fall down on the playground and, probably crash their cars and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we would necessarily die from the, the cancers and the, and the stress related disorders um, or have the emotional, um, even psychological disorders. If we understood the soul of us a little better and dealt with that first, mm -hmm. like what is, what is ailing the soul and attend to that. And then I, I believe that we would see miraculous, you know, transformations of the physical body if we only first addressed the soul of the being. Interesting. And you mentioned your true awakening. Um, what was that like, your true awakening? Well, I, I'm going to have to contrast that with what I, <laughs> what I believe was the beginning of my conscious awakening versus I really, really woke up. And the reason uh -huh. I say that is because there were, I knew I had to change something, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what in, my, in, the, in the beginning of the wave of, of this change in me. But it was only after I began to wake up and leave out of myself and see life from a new perspective that I, that I fully woke up and I began to truly see and understand and have awareness or come into my power. So, when I was uh, training in my clinical fellowship in cardio cardiothoracic surgery, I had reached the height of what I thought my material or worldly successes were. I had achieved all of my goals. I'd worked very hard to do it. And I was at this place where I thought, okay, I've arrived. And instead of feeling free and, I don't know, uh, successful and happy, I just felt empty mm. and like just woefully like sofully sad like I did not want to exist any longer I'm like I've done it I felt like I'd done it all and I'm and I was still like empty empty inside and I couldn't on paper it, it wouldn't make any sense to anyone but I just felt awful inside I felt I didn't feel good when I graduated medical school I didn't feel good when I was training as a surgeon and I and I made excuses thinking, well, everyone must feel this way when you're doing something very difficult. You're at the beginning of your career. You're low in the totem pole. This is how it feels. But as I matured and went through my training, I, the feeling never went away. And when I was at the end, you know, coming to the end of it, where I said, okay, this is, this is it. I, I, I get it. Um, I, I felt like I hit rock bottom emotionally. And I, that was the time I attempted to take my own life. Wow. And, and from that kind of, you know, that midnight of the soul, like that deep part of the soul, I feel like I heard my inner self, my true self for the first time speaking. 
I knew at that point that I had to change something if I were to go on living. And I believe that it was that I had chosen not the wrong career, but I had been on what I call now my chosen path and not my rightful path. I, you know, I had made decisions to become a doctor for, for reasons that were outside of me, not from what was inside of my own soul. And it was all well and good. And everyone, including myself, thought I'd made a great choice. And I had certainly done all the work to achieve that, but it didn't fulfill me. I was not happy and I couldn't understand why. And so when I had that moment of trying not to exist any longer, I, I had kind of a sense, the first sense that I'm more than this body of mine, but I still didn't have any language around it. I was still kind of like on the hamster wheel. <laughs> and so I decided that I'm going to change it up. And maybe if I do, it's going to sound very funny, but I said, well, maybe if I, I'm not going to operate anymore. Maybe I'll do healthcare equity investing because or healthcare venture capital, because I was living in Silicon Valley and I thought that sounded so incredibly sexy. And then I would have time and I would have money and I'd have fun and relationships. And it'd just be like a, like such a cool thing to do. And so I went about, doing that. I said, Oh, I went back to business school. And then I ended up getting, you know, hired in an investment firm. I was doing healthcare equities. And I was like, Oh, so this is it. You know, I'm not going to do the finance side of healthcare. And this is what I thought I wanted to do. And there I was again, just dissatisfied. And it, it didn't bring me happiness. And I said, and I thought to myself, you know, by the time I had reached that point in my life, I had a two year old child. And I said, if I go through this one more time, I'm not going to make it this time. I didn't believe I was going to make it through. And I, I don't know who I was praying to or talking to, but I, I wanted to go home and I would cry a lot. And, you know, I was just unhappy in my relationships and even being a mother didn't fulfill me in a way that I thought it would. And I, and I believe that this time around, I wasn't going to make it. Mm. And um, one day I lay down to sleep at night and I left out of myself. And I had my first out-of-body experience. And my thinking was still from a doctor, like a clinical perspective, because I had remembered children when I was in medical school um, that were, you know, at the end of life talking about leaving. You know, they're, gonna, they're leaving or coming and going, and that the next time they leave, they're not going to come back. And I'd heard of anecdotal uh, experience, you know, anecdotal kind of a reports of people that had gone under bypass or were they were being coded in the emergency room or in the ICU that had out-of-body experiences could see themselves in a room being coded. And so that was, I was familiar with it from an academic standpoint, but I'd never personally experienced it. And when I did, I thought, well, this must be what it looks like when one is preparing to die. And I had this overwhelming sense of calm about me. Like I was ready. Mm. Uh, I was 40 years old at the time. I had a two-year-old kid. Otherwise, I, you know, I wasn't physically unwell. I didn't, you know, I thought maybe I had a brain tumor. Maybe that was my issue. But otherwise, I had really nothing wrong with me. I was just like sad all the time. <laughs> uh, but on the, on the physical sense, I, I wasn't unwell or sick or diagnosed with anything. And I just thought I would, one day I would leave out and never come back. And I felt at peace. 
with it, even though I would be abandoning my son, that was really the only conflict, if there was any, was that I was, I'd be leaving my two-year-old child. Well, <clears throat> I've been, you know, I was coming and going for like seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just started to write about it. And each time I would learn something, like I'd learn something about myself, I'd learn something about existence. So I started writing it down. Oh. Um, I went to... created the book. Yes. Gotcha. Exactly. Oh, there's all kinds of stuff in there that I've never been taught before about the, the illusions of time, the metaphysics of time, about the human constructs of time, race, money, religion, um, that we're living under, kind of the density of this planet, how to get out of here, <laughs> uh, how to raise your vibrational frequency. Uh, I just felt like I was getting downloads of information. Like there would be times I would just see like symbols and things in my um, dream state. And then there are questions that I would have and I would, you know, you know, I'd have these dreams about it and then I would be able to write it. Oh, and so I just kind of went through that experience and I, I was never a writer or like a very creative person or anything like that. That's not how I considered out. myself. <laughs> you mentioned but, uh, some symbols. You wrote down the symbols too, the best you could. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know what they meant. I mean, I, I just felt like I would see that, like I would see them um, in my mind's eye, if you will. Like I would see that. And I would say, oh, I just received like some information. And even though it looked like a symbol, I could speak it. It wasn't like a, like a calculus equation or something. It was just symbols, you know, different types of symbols, uh, shapes and whatnot. And so, and it would be really fast, like this, like this rush of stuff. And then I, I'd feel like I would wake up and know something, you know, or have an awareness of something or be able to see auras or move energy, you know, things like su such as that. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I began writing about that, you know, the experiences and thought, well, this must be what I am to share with humanity. This is part of what I am here to do uh, to uh, help other individuals along their awakening so they can transition out of the planet, like so they can move on to their next enriching experience, that they're not in cycles of repeating third dimensional earth experiences over and over again. They actually get to elevate their frequency and transcend this, this dense environment and move on to another enriching experience. And so that's, you know, I've gone through it. I, I say me and the universe have been like this, you know, like I'm getting out of here. Yeah. You know, I'm, so I've been going through a lot of experiences to, you know, to transform a lot of dense energy, a lot of dense ancestral energy, um, my own uh, energy, and now I'm very quiet in my mind and feel very free and not trying to create karma or, or, or craziness that's going to keep <laughs> me here energetically, mm -hmm. forgiving everybody, <laughs> uh, loving everybody, <laughs> and uh, going forth like that. And so that, yeah, this is, you know, I wrote, I started to write a children book series to really raise, you know, I call it keeping our children awake because they are already awake. Yeah. Um, they're born genius in a way. 
And how do we keep them like that? So the next generation of young people aren't like me and maybe you, Jason, where we grew up with kind of these beliefs that aren't really serving us. And then we, we spend like most of our life overcoming it, like overcoming our childhood or overcoming our rearing. Um, what if we have, you know, kids that stay awake. We have a generation of conscious parents. I mean, what a difference that would make on the planet. Mm -hmm. And we're beginning to see it, but not en masse. I think many people, I, I think most of us are what I call, um, uh, um, they're, they're awake like to their reality, but asleep to their higher selves. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like people are walking around unconscious. All right. And I think a great many are, are walking around unconscious and a few people are awake and I don't think it's enough um, if we need to wake up 7 billion plus souls. Mm -hmm. uh, we need a lot more people who are awake and willing to do conscious work. Right. Absolutely. Get out of their jobs, <laughs> you know, do conscious work. Right. Absolutely. What were some of the things you were seeing when you were experiencing your out of body experience? What were some of the uh, examples? Yeah. I, you know, I, just different dimensions. So I, I describe this in my book. I, I call them near earth dimensions, which is, I think you, we're seeing it a lot in the media today where people have alternate reality experiences or we call them alternate reality experiences or virtual reality experiences where you feel like you're in an earthly context. You know, we have whatever cities and food and people and, it feels, but you're not on earth. Like, you know, it's like a little bit of an altered reality. And so I, I've had those experiences, what I call near earth dimensions, where it appears that I'm in a building or on a street or interacting with beings that are embodied. And then I've had other out of body experiences where I'm literally existing as energy as a, as a point of light, you know, traveling through the cosmos at the, you know, beyond the speed of light. Um, so I've had that experience is where I, you know, I released all the illusion of the third dimension and travel as pure energy. Now that to me is like the best thing smoking, you know, <laughs> I, I, I realized, you know, I don't need, the comforts of an earth, earth, earth-like dimension to feel okay outside of myself. I can exist as pure energy, and I feel very comfortable in that. And I don't need to other beings that are in their energetic state to appear to me as human, or in, in such a form for me to feel comfortable realizing that I can communicate telepathically and at the speed of light you know, how things can come into form with before the thought is completely formed. Like before you can think it, it can be. And so there are, you know, dimensions such as that where the power of our, of our creation is not delayed um, by this earth milieu where we have to bring physical, we have to bring our thoughts and dreams and ideas into physical reality. And it's a great effort to do that where you can exist in dimensions where it's, 
you think it, it you be it. It is. Mm -hmm. But I realized something about that. And that is, we are so immature on this planet. Um, we are so uh, caught up in th these um, dramatic scenarios. There's so much mind chatter. There's so much unclarity. <laughs> There's so much confusion that if we were, if we, if the ability to manifest like that were given to us, we, we would, it, this place would be mayhem. It would be complete chaos. And uh, we're just, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I don't think that as human beings, we are ready for that. Because, you know, all the kids would want ponies and elephants to be pets and people would want revenge on people and, you know, want things that don't matter um, because of their immaturity. Um, and so uh, I understand I'm, sometimes it's very frustrating that we don't manifest as we, as, as we can as energy, as, as our true beingness is potential that we have we, we don't we can't exercise it here we still have to go through the whole process of thinking about something and raising our vibrational frequency to match our thoughts and desires to see that begin to manifest in the third dimension it's in that process you know takes what we call time and time is quite slowed in this dimension and so it's you you can have a dream that takes a lifetime to achieve and so we're in that state. And so there's a lot of frustration born out of that. Uh, a lot of disbelief uh, in, in, in the powers of creation, of the universe, of yourself. And so I think some, in many ways, there's a lot of harm that is done uh, in this, this protracted and delayed process of creation. And so we are creators by nature. We create our realities. Oh, yeah. We're great creators. <laughs> yeah when there's something expansive that we want to create something that wasn't, isn't easy, meaning that's beyond our current vibration. We find that very very difficult to break through. Um, and even though we even have awareness of it and, you know, try to do it and try to be vibrationally matched with that, which we are trying to create, there's so many obstacles and kind of letdowns and the, the, the infractions of time that set us back. And then we begin to disbelieve in our ability as creators. We, we begin to disbelieve in ourselves that mm -hmm. um, somehow we are not enough to create, even though I think innately we know that we are, or else I don't think we would even try. You know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't dream uh, if it was not possible. You know, like, so there, there's this, there's this idea, this concept that if you can think it or you can dream it, then it's possible. And so, I think innately we know that we, if we have a dream, we're like, oh my gosh, just, we can do this. We believe that we can do it. But then we go through the process of creation, and usually we, we're creating out of a place of desperation, place of frustration, a place of anger, mm -hmm. and then we see frustrating, anger-provoking realities manifest because we're, we don't, we are not taught how to manifest, how to create from a place of joy, of love, of trust in the universe. 
Right. Absolutely. Does your book go into that? Does like it does? It does. I, I think like so many about, things that you did to, to better yourself. Like you had the experiences, you wrote that down, and then it seems like you turned your life around in a way. Exactly. And your exactly. book goes into like how you did how you did that as well. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, I think my process really started with acknowledging this that there's that that I'm more than a body mm -hmm. and and tapping in to my higher self and really that take you know takes a couple things it takes creating a relationship with yourself we think we're really good at creating relationships with other people but many of us cannot stand to be with ourselves we don't mm -hmm. like ourselves very much that's interesting and we try to distract ourselves with all types of entertainment and noise and music and things like that so we so we don't hear ourselves. We never hear ourselves, our true selves. We know that we have an intuition or feelings about things when we don't trust it, or we're, we're told or educated or conditioned not to trust ourselves. And so we're all a mess inside. You know, we're all pretty confused and going about life, kind of what I call settling for the default condition, where we're manifesting from this lower energy place and wondering why our reality sucks why things look the way that they do we, we're not achieving what we want or our dreams are not realized uh and so for me my journey began with these, this idea of, of saying oh my gosh you know i i am more than myself but who is this person or who is this being uh that is me and beginning to accept that and then i think step two was really how to be quiet in my mind how to you know stop the chatter the mm -hmm. ego. You have any you know, advice on how to that's in service to the body and to the third dimension that tries to keep you from harm's way and from repeating things and recognizing things and being fearful. Uh, to quiet that, I call it taming it, taming the mind. Not that I get rid of it, but I, but I know how to deal with all the grievances and all the kind of the broken record that's going on inside. How to stop? I call it just like lifting the needle. You know, on a, how do you stop that? Right. And that is a place of, I, I call it the process of, of introspection of, of what these feelings are and what they're trying to show you. And one thing that I learned that it's, I think is quite valuable on my conscious journey is that our feelings, you know, they are meant to be felt and we have them for a reason. And that is, you know, these feelings at the very core of them are energy and that, you know, if we look at the very first law of thermodynamics, we understand that energy is not created nor destroyed, but it is transformed. And so if these feelings of ours are energy at its core, then they are beckoning to be transformed. Mm -hmm. And I, I was kind of like a culprit number one in stuffing down my feelings and not dealing with them. And so I had a, like a lifetime of grievances of, of unchecked feelings of untransformed, un elevated feelings floating around in me uh, that kept me back, held me back. And when I say held me back from just from living, from, from happiness, from fulfillment. And I, I learned how to transform those feelings. And that's actually one of the tenets of my speaking platform about transforming feelings. That was the first speaking platform that I created because I realized how vitally important it is to be able to look at feelings 
identify what they are where, from where are they from and to transform to finally release them mm -hmm. so that you can be free of it and and a lot of that transformation is a fears um of of grievances of past pains of betrayals whatever it is past abuses and how to transform that energy into something higher or that be a forgiveness of acceptance or an exalted perception um and, you know or sometimes that transformation is is to love even if it's love of yourself you know self-love or you know enoughness and so that you know the I, speaking those things sounds simple but they they took quite a, a amount of time to do right and a, a lot of dedicated practice to where i can now be quiet inside and have a conversation with myself not the mind but my true like my higher self and so when i when there's a question it's not me looking through the internet for the answers or asking my friends or you know, searching on, on LinkedIn or who knows the answers. <laughs> I got to go within myself. You mm. know, that's the first person that I consult with is me. Interesting. You mentioned and then your mind. Um, how do you do that? What's your best advice on how to quiet the mind and connect to your higher self? What do you do? First, it's an acknowledgement of a higher self. So I got past that. Okay. And then now that I acknowledge that I'm more than this physical body and that my higher self is actually all knowing that it is my, I am the universe incarnate. We all are. That the answers are always within you. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that I used to believe is that the answers were outside of me. Like I didn't know the answer. And so I go about searching for the answer. Even if I was yelling it at the top of my lungs, like, what WTF, like, what is this about or what's going on? I, I believe that the answer was not within me, that it had to be without, outside of me. And so I began, now every question goes to myself first. And I, quiet, the way that I quieted my mind, I went through a process of every feeling, every thought, every grievance that came through. I would stop it and I would say, okay, I hear you. What is this? Like I would say to my mind's voice. Interesting. And I recognize that it what the, the chatter, that noise, that voice in our head is not the higher self. The higher self is the listener of that voice, of that chatter. Mm. And so I began to listen to it and begin to address it from a higher place of, you know, of, of, of awareness. It, literally, it's a place of awareness. And I would say, okay, what is this about? And, and sometimes I would feel the feeling of it. This could be something from childhood. It could be something from last week or an infraction from yesterday. But sometimes these feelings were very old because I – the feeling was familiar. It wasn't like a new feeling. Mm -hmm. It was old. I, oh, it's yeah. like, I was like, oh, here it is again. You know, like I would have those kind of expressions. Like, here we go again. Meaning that I had experienced it over and over again, and I never knew what to do with it. Sometimes I would be reduced to screaming, you know, or, or throwing some type of little mini 
temper tantrum or sometimes I would go quiet and feel depressed or like I called myself in a funk. Mm -hmm. I'd go into some state, never knowing how to deal with the emotion, with the feeling that was inside of me. I could never name it or I could never put, put my finger on it. I just had the feeling and here it was again. And when, when I started to recognize that, wait a second, these feelings are energy. And I started to make these you know, connections with energy. I realized that it was the reason I kept feeling it again is because I hadn't transformed it. I, I hadn't learned anything from it. I, I didn't get the lesson. I didn't get the point. And then, so I began asking for the lesson. And I'd say, well, what is this about? I, you know, I'd have that conversation with myself, knowing that there's a higher me that knows the answer. Even if I couldn't hear it immediately, I would be shown it in some way. And then I would have this like realization, like, oh, you know, like it would come to me. And then I would feel like a shift. Like, it, and I tell you, there's a secret about these feelings of ours, Jason. Mm, and that, that, that they, that once, once the feeling is transformed, once it is acknowledged and transformed, it no longer has to be felt. Mm. So once I acknowledged the feeling, got to the root of it with the conversation with my higher self, this is like all an inside job then I could transform. I'd have an understanding or an awareness or I'd forgive somebody or I'd forgive myself like energetically. I'd be like, you know what? I have a higher understanding. I see myself in the role and how I was playing, like the role I was playing in whatever the situation, even if I thought it was someone else's fault. And I started to look at myself and I like, wait a second. No, it was never about, it was always about me. You know, there was always something about me. And I said, you know, people show up in our lives to show us ourselves, like to show us something in need of transformation, I'm telling you. But if you have some relationship, boss, <laughs> job, you name it, it's always like the same kind of person or the same kind of scenarios. Like, why do I attract the same man or same woman or same kind of friend or same work situation? It's, it's about you. There's something about you that is beckoning to be transformed. It is showing, and, it, and life has this <laughs> spectacular way of showing you over and over and over again something that you, are meet, that you are meant to overcome or transform about yourself. Usually it's something about lack of self-worth, uh, some fear, some antiquated belief that you're carrying. Um, it's, that's what it's, and, it's, and it'll show you every time every time and so i begin to see scenarios that look different like different time of my life different circumstances but it felt the same like i was like damn it you know it felt like shitty all over again like that feeling i'd feel it again and then i realized this was like another elaborate scenario to show me something but what and so sometimes i would ask what what is this? Or I'd recognize the pattern. I was like, you know what? I've seen this over and over and over again. This goes, the most difficult one was money patterns. Oh. See the same situation where, and it, it, it was usually around not having enough of it. 
or the timing was off or I'd be owed money. And I, I would, it would always be take three months to get my money or to, you know, it'd be always some scenario. I was like, what is this? You know, why, why, why is it like this? Why am I seeing this over and over again? Mm. Why, or it was like a feast or famine. I'd have a lot of money then I'd have nothing for months, you know? And I'm like, mm, how come this can't even out? You know, like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And so I began investigating, like having this like, introspection and I and someone told me once they said anytime you have a money problem it is never about the money Jason I was like beating myself up I'm like what's it about then you know (laughs) all I do is I look at my bank account and (laughs) I I look at my obligations and there's an imbalance so it looked like it was about money every time right but what I realized is that it's, it's, that's true. It's never about the money. But what it's really about and what no one ever told me, like no one seemed to be, be, be able to articulate it. What it is about? It was about my emotional resonance. Mm. So anytime I felt frustrated about money, I would see frustrating money situations. Interesting. Anytime I was angry, about not having enough money, I would see more anger provoking situations, more bills, more obligations, negative balances in my bank account. And so I realized the the way that I felt was dictating the money scenarios that I saw. And I also came to understand that when it comes to money, you never have to worry about it, that that's always a choice but it's like a default condition of us that we worry about it. Right. We don't know how to not worry about it. We say, well, that's just how I feel. I'm telling you, when you do the process of introspection, the question is, is really, is that, is that, is it just how you feel? Is there something behind that? And usually there's a, there's a situation that occurred in your childhood where there were, or somebody, usually a parent, a grandparent, an uncle, somebody in your family was worried about money. And you felt that energy and you claimed it. And you now worry about money. And there are many people that their families, you know, their, you know, generations, there, there are money issues, but they themselves are like educated, working, making money, and they still worry about money. They're still afraid of not having enough or they're afraid right. of being poor. Some people think money is evil, uh, money is dirty, people are crooks. If you have a lot of money, they don't deserve more money. So they have all these beliefs within them. And that is what is screwing up your money situation, is, is what's resonating inside of you. And so there's this law of the universe about energy and what, that I believe you're never taught. And that this universe of ours, this universe that is the soul of us, this essence of us, it, the language of the universe is the vibration and the resonance of our feelings, of, of the energy emanating from our heart center. And so if we're resonating lack or scarcity, even if we say one thing but we feel another, that is what is returned to us in kind. It's what we truly feel. <clears throat> the universe can't be bothered with all the chatter, whether that chatter is from our mind or from our lips, 
Mm. It concerned itself with our emotional resonance from the vibration that's coming from our heart center. So if it's desperation, then you're going to see desperate situations. If it's uh -huh. fear, you're going to see fearful situations. So we have to really recondition ourselves and learn how to manifest from a place of joy, from a place of love, from a place of confidence, from a place of trust right. that the universe has my back, doesn't want me to fail, and that there is an energy of money, and that this energy of money shows up in ways that we don't think about money, but it's the energy, it's the essence, like the soul of money. So just like we have a physical being and an energetic self, there's physical money and the energy of money. And, and, and there's this energy really governs the flow of it in our lives. And so we have to trust that money's limitless. It's unlimited. Yeah. There are trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars. And you're like, well, why won't a few rain on me? And then anytime you're asking that question, you have to look within yourself. Given that there are trillions, we know there are. Right. Uh, I think one of the sayings goes, there's, there's more than enough money out there. The problem is there's just not enough people thinking big, thinking creatively. Exactly. 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 Mm -hmm. And really it's feeling. So there's a lot of it where we, we say we want to win the lottery or, you know, we want to earn a million dollars this year, or I want my book to be a bestseller and I want to be a multimillionaire. Or I want my whatever mm -hmm. podcast to be sponsored. And I, you know, you want all this stuff, but inside, if there's a feeling that you're not worthy or you don't deserve it, some people have imposter syndrome, think that, thinking that they're not good yeah. enough in some way, then, then they don't achieve that which they think or say that they want. And there is a language of this, universe and there's a language that the frequency of money likes to hear that likes to have you manifest from a place of joy and trust of confidence knowing that the energy of money hears you mm -hmm. but it also likes to be spoken to in the present tense like i am not i want or i need because then you're you're speaking uh, uh, you you're speaking need into your universe or more things to want or more needy and so you have to just stop all that really really edit our language and say I have X amount of dollars I have this many customers I have this experience mm -hmm. but like that to the universe but like that to this energy of money not what you need or want because you get more and more things to need and want but what do you what it's like speaking your future into the present I am purchasing, you know, my dream home for $1.4 million, June 15th, 2020. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not, oh, I hope I have enough money and how am I going to do it? Or I have no idea how it's, I'm going to get the money. Because when you do that, you're, that's the energy that you're putting out of not knowing of confusion, right. not knowing where the money's coming from. You don't have to know where the money's coming from, but just know that it's available, that it is there. There, there the universe can produce $1.4 million 
before you bat an eyelash. There, there's, there's no limit to how much money. It's a matter of you having the right, being at the right resonance. You have to be open to receive it. You have to believe it. That you, some people don't believe that they can live in a $1.4 million home. Not really. They'll never go look at it. They'll see it for sale sign and they'll say, oh, that's too expensive for me. Instead of saying that's for me. Perception is yeah. <laughs> they, they, they literally will, you know, oh, that's too rich for my blood. Oh, I can't afford it. That's what people, even if they, like, they dream it, like they think, oh, that, how awesome that would be in their heart. That's what they're saying. Or that's what they're, that's, that's the dialogue that's going on within them. Right. That they're not good enough or only rich people do that or rich people are pigs or they're liars or they're cheats. And then they never get to achieve that. They would love to live in that house. You, you bring up an interesting point. If you say rich people are pigs, then that means you, you would never become rich because if you did, then you'd be a pig. You'd be a pig too, or you'd be a dirty, dirty. Some people have all kinds of language around money and it's a, it's a reflection of how they really feel about it, about a belief. Mm-hmm. And if you're holding that belief, you cannot, I say, you cannot fool the universe and say, oh yeah, I'm going to tell me that I'm worthy, but I feel unworthy. I feel small or unimportant, or I feel like I'm not, I'm not deserving. And so I, I just, there's a lot of fake it to make it type of talk out there. But when it comes to you, your future, uh, your, your money, you can't fake what you're putting out to the energy of all things. Right. Absolutely. And so you must, and, and it takes practice because it's easy to fall back, especially like I said, in this third dimension, it's very dense. It, there's a time construct that we're in where I might like for a moment, have this high energy. Like I know this is possible. <laughs> I feel good today. And then something happens, right? My car breaks down. Oh. cancels. I get a tax bill. Something happens, and then I'm 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 back, kind of swirling the drain on my energy, and I feel like crap. And then I start just believing that anything's pop, you know. And so there's all those types of things, and we there's a way to see that. There's a way to perceive it, and say, oh, okay, what what's this about? You know, this. Or, or how do we react to it? Mm-hmm. You know, like we're very reactionary. Like something goes wrong. I need new tires. All oh, my transmission blows or this happens. First thing that happens, usually you start getting pissed off and you start fear starts going everywhere. You start denying this and that. And it, it, it's, it, we, and we get into this like kind of self kind of um, this, the cycle of, almost self-sabotage we have to get out of that and and look at it from a higher perspective you know from stuff happens because that's how you believe that's what you believe in that's those are that's the you have those expectations (laughs) Uh, even if they're (laughs) covert you don't think that you do they're within you like most people say i knew it you know, like something will happen and 
It's not going to be what they want. We have this way of manifesting that which we do not want very effectively. And they'll say, I knew that would happen. And it, where did that come from? We, we, we don't realize that we're creating these scenarios. Right. You create your reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have a 10 year old son now and he'll say, Oh mommy, how would you, what would happen if I went to jail? And I said, don't even start that. And I said, don't, I said, we have this wonderful, miraculous power of creating that, which we do not want by speaking that into reality. So don't do it. <laughs> I said, only speak, put your energy toward what you do want, not what you don't want to happen. I said, oh yeah, I never want to go to jail or I never want to, you know, don't even speak it. Speak what you do want and leave it like that. Just stop yourself because we do have a tendency to manifest that which we don't want. And I notice it in myself. I'll say, oh, I don't want to, um, uh, you know, spill this hot water on my finger, uh, uh, whatever I'm pouring, or I don't want to, don't, don't let me drop this. And then next thing I know, I'm dropping it or, it. or I burn myself. I was like, ah, you know, I don't want to cut my, oh, I don't want, don't, don't let me forget anything. And then I forget it, you know? So we unconsciously speak our reality and we do it unconsciously. Like we don't realize the power of our language, of our thoughts, of our feelings. And we need to transform those into the highest resonance. And it's not like that life is not going to show you challenges to, to, for you to overcome. You will mm-hmm. always be challenged with something that's going to say, oh, you're not joyful. You're not, it's not that you have to feel that all the time, every time, but you must have a perspective. Not everything is a joyful experience Not everything's a love experience Not everything. You're going to be, be able to forgive immediately or forgive yourself. But the idea is that you begin to have that introspective dialogue and to transform your feelings. And sometimes you say, okay, I, I understand it. I, maybe I don't agree with it, but I, I begin to see. And then I call it living life as an observer where you're not reactionary about what's happening. You, you say, so say, okay, this happened. And then you move on. Yes. Uh, I was driving my car and the battery died all of a sudden. And then my tire blew. Okay. Let's move on. Let's just deal with it and move on instead of we perseverate and perseverate and create a story around it, a belief about it, this, this, and this, and that. Then we keep circling the drain, circling the drain. Absolutely. I really think it's about uh, this introspection and this higher awareness of self and the power that is within you. Absolutely. You mentioned money. Do you have a book? That, de- that deals with those topics or do you have something un- like a course, anything? Or, I do. Uh, I do. Yeah. So I have first thing the duality of being is the first time I wrote about money. Oh, yeah. I have a chapter on money. It's chapter 12, chapter 12 right. chapter. And that's, that's where I started really writing about money. Mm. And I have a speaking platform on my website called the frequency of money. 
And now I'm offering a four week course on the frequency of money. Perfect. Perfect. And so, yes, money, 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 money. Everybody wants more money. That's great. I, I, you know, we have to learn to love money. And there's a, there's another reference. It's not a book that I wrote, but it's a channel book by Sarah McCrom. She's an Australian author okay. who wrote love money, money loves you. And I think it is outstanding. I love, I mean, it, it depends how you feel about channeled work. Mm -hmm. I, I had the opportunity to meet her in uh, the Bay area last November. Uh, she gave a talk to a group. I was at a, at a retreat and she was one of the speakers and talked about this book and from speaking with her and then, you know, eventually reading the book, you can see that it's a channel book. And the way that I see about how I feel about channeled books is that the person that channeled it was entrusted, I believe by the universe to deliver this message to humanity. That's how I feel about channeled work. And um, I believe Sarah was for reasons that you and I will never understand. I don't think she understands <laughs> uh, was, was anointed with this ability, you know, with, with the message to, of the energy of money. And I, I said to her, I said, Hey, I, I talk about the frequency of money. I have a speaking platform. I'd love to learn more. I've been, I'm reading her book now a second time. I highly recommend it um, for people that are on a journey with healing their relationship with money. So definitely. And I created this four week course really to look at the belief systems that need to be transformed around money, how we speak to money, Right. How we speak about it, <laughs> how we speak to it, and really how we raise our energetic frequency toward worthiness, toward enoughness, to receive all the money that we desire. Right. So it's not about, you know, all the financial system and this and that. This is getting to this, like the soul of money. And, and really it's healing the soul of you. That is how your money situation is transformed. And you know, one of the things that I talk about is that when you are communicating with this energy of money, first you must acknowledge and believe that it is exists. But when we do the energy of money works in many, many ways, it's not just, you know, these large sums of cash in your bank account out of the blue, that kind of stuff. Yes, that can, that's possible. Anything is possible with the energy of money. But the idea is that it'll show up to you as more customers. It'll show up as opportunities, right. as ideas, yes. as, as different ways for you to grow your business or start something new, um, innovation, whatever it is that will fulfill your money request. And so we must not be lazy when it comes to uh, the energy of money and throw away opportunities or say we are too yeah. busy opportunities <laughs> yeah because that is a way to fulfill your request for more and more and more money and the idea is that you must trust this energy trust that it is benevolent just like i say we have to we have a there's a question that we all must ask ourselves and, and is that are we living in a benevolent universe does this universe want you to live your best life is it in service to your highest good. 
And if we can accept that we are in fact in the benevolent universe and it doesn't want to crush me, doesn't want to, you know, betray me or leave me out in the cold, mm-hmm. that it's, it, it has and always, always will support you. I mean, many of us know that we should be, have been out on our butts a few times, <laughs> but we've lived through it, even if it was difficult. So somehow something has your back. And this is the, the benevolence of the universe. That, that it wants you to exist, that just think of the, the complexity and the energy that it takes to raise up a human being. And why would that be squandered and just wasted? So I think we are all here for a higher purpose and that this universe that we are all a part of, that we are of, um, wants, wants you to have your, live your best life, to, to come into your purpose, to wake up, to do what it is you are here to do on the planet to serve humanity in some meaningful way to serve yourself. And in, in that understanding or in that belief that we are part of something greater that wants us to succeed, that there, that there are some rules, some laws of this universe that we must uh, learn and address. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it, I say there's a great deal of unlearning that comes with conscious awareness. We have to recondition our thinking. We have to recondition our minds. We have to, you can just share language, our thoughts toward this uh, awareness of self, of this uh, higher self, of, of a universal self that is connected, uh, that we are one and we are, there's a universal source energy that we are all connected to, that we are all part of. And um, yeah, once we, we begin to do that, we can, you know, I, I think fulfill all of our dreams. <laughs> You know, have, have all of our dreams truly come true because we'll, we'll know how to manifest from a place of, of joy and of trust in the universe. Interesting. Yeah, when I talk to people about money, it's kind of like, well, you want more money, but what do you want to put your energy into? You know, mm-hmm. it's that exchange of energy. You have to focus on creating something. You're just not going to get it, but you have to focus on what you want to create and what you develop that into that will create you that type of money that you're looking for. Exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's not, you know, if you're, you know, laying on your couch, flipping through the housewives of orange County. Except- yeah. You're probably not going to uh, have your money desires fulfilled because what are you giving back? Like, what is it that you are doing to serve humanity in whatever way you do it. It can be selling a chicken sandwich. It doesn't matter. How are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And if, if you are doing nothing or you think you're going to just marry somebody that has done their, their work or, you know, win the lottery or it's just going to appear, then, then I think you're mistaken. I think that, you know, each of us must ask ourselves what would be our legacy. What are we doing and, and examine, I think, a barometer for are you doing something meaningful? Is, is, is are you helping humankind, animal kind? How are, you, how are you in service to humanity? How are you in service to the planet? How are you in service to animals? How are you in service to plants? Mm-hmm. How are, what is it? And if, if, if it doesn't tick any boxes, that 
you're not in some way elevating or providing a service that's meaningful, that's useful, then don't expect your request for more to be fulfilled. Absolutely. You're going you're gonna to be in your job, living paycheck to paycheck, or struggling. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, one other thing, you mentioned that Chapter 12 deals with money. Did that come from your out-of-body out of experience as well? Yes. Yes. I talked about way. money exchanges in there and experiences that I've had in the outer realms dealing with this concept of money of course you don't need money in the outer realms right right but um, it gave you kind of like information of how to look at it how to treat exactly it, how to deal with it Interesting. exactly and there's there's much more you know there's about debts and you know paying like the imbalance when there's an imbalance that you know the universe will push you toward correction and so any gross imbalances in nature will be moved toward toward equilibrium or, or correction. And that's also true with, with your money. And so if, if you, you know, created lots of debts, um, there's, there's, you must balance that out um, energetically. And so you must do, you know, you must do something meaningful to balance, to be able to settle your debts. And so that, I mean, there, there's all sorts of things and, you know, when I, when I think about debt, I carried a lot of debt, particularly with my schooling, my education, mm -hmm. um, throughout my life. And I thought about how to settle debt. And then I realized that there, that's an imbalance, something that I had of not feeling worthy of money. There's a lot of shame in my family around money. Um, it never flowed very freely. And, you know, when you take on debt, you're actually borrowing, borrowing against your future self. That is really the nature of debt. But sometimes we don't know what our future self is going to do to repay the debt <laughs> or how we're going to sell, settle it. We just borrow because we can, but we've, we've never thought of the energy of that and the balance that must be paid. And so there is a, there, there's a, an energetic rebalancing that must occur when you have lots of debt to service the debt. And, and, and my, um, the, the way that I've kind of come into my conscious awakening, I have a, now have a path of servicing debt where before I had no idea how I would do it. You know, you think that oh, I'll just work more and then, but, oh, but then I got to pay more taxes and then there are only so many hours in the day and so on. So, so you never get rid of, you never get out of debt. And so there's got to be something higher. There's got to be something else that we tap into to, to settle that energetic that imbalance. And debt usually comes out of ignorance, of not really knowing how to create wealth within yourself, you know, how, how to do it yet. And so we're just kind of fudging it, doing kind of what we were taught to do, getting jobs, getting maybe benefits, getting a nine to five, having titles, but we've never really learned about the soul of money and what that's all about. Mm -hmm. And many, many of us fall into debt. It's not just individuals, businesses, the whole lot, because it's this, it's, there's this perpetual imbalance when it comes to um, our, our energetic, you know, where we are soulfully, where we are emotionally, where, what messages we're putting out to the universe and then what we're asking for, what we're saying that we need. And until, until that, balance is is 
is in harmony, you'll continue to have, you know, deficits and debts versus uh, wealth creation or, or the flow, energetic flow of money in a way that can settle that or ease that. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting that that's in your book. That's pretty cool. Does your book talk about anything else? Yeah. I, we talk about from birth to death, relationships, love, intimacy, balance, the body, sleep, um, per, your purpose. Oh my gosh, it goes on and on. I talk about the constructs of time, the illusion of time and how we measure time and kind of how to think about that from, from out of your, from out of this third dimension where the time construct dissipates and that there is no time that the only time is now. So I go through that construct of time. Mm. There's a, there's some about physics in there. Um, talk about kind of the energy of everything. And so there's talk. I talk about the earth uh, itself going its, through its own ascension. Um, now, so if, if there's you a could lot explain that a little bit, people love that part. <laughs> right. So this planet is living and has its own unique consciousness. So they, you know, just think of everything that the earth provides us and, and what, in what instance do we know of something that's not living that creates life, right? You know, so this is a living planet. It's a conscious planet. It has its own celestial, like, um, uh, supreme consciousness. Mm -hmm. And this planet is descending into this fifth dimension, and, and many awake people understand that the, that the planet is in a place of transition right now, just like we are. We're on a, we're, we're on, we're on a path of ascension. Whether or not we make it or not is, is another thing. But there's the energy grid on this planet. You know, there's an energetic grid um, to allow for this ascension. Just like the core of us is energy, the core of this planet is, is energetic. And it is making its own ascension. And we are being called to raise our vibrational frequency to help this planet along its ascension because we are part of the planet as well. Yes, we're energetic, but we have physical bodies that are born onto this planet of carbon-based cells, of, of, the, of the substance of this planet. And so we are of it. Uh, we're not just to be taking it and raping it and <laughs> disregarding it, but we are of this planet and we are, are here to help it along its ascension. And so the more of us that wake up, the more of us that are conscious about how we treat the planet, that this, we, we recognize it as, as, a, as a supreme energy of a, of a, a celestial, like a colossal energy um, that is trying to make its own ascension out of this dense third milieu. Now, I, I have come to understand that the fifth dimensional earth is already in existence, but many of us do not resonate the res the requisite frequency to visit this fifth dimensional earth yet or to see it mm. uh, or to experience it but it can be experienced and some of us will not transcend this third dimension some of us are will not wake up during this their you know their current incarnation and will continue to persist in a third dimensional space or even you know i call it vibrationally lower space um and undergo the same trials of fear and, you know, um, 
the, the dense, you know, energies that we are overcoming, you know, many of us are here to overcome fear of some sort or some sort of um, belief uh, system about self, whether it's confidence or worth, um, we're still overcoming that kind of stuff. And so once you get to, once you do your work, you know, I got this work of introspection, this, this personal work of your own soul ascension, you will have, you know, the opportunity to potentially exist with a, in a fifth dimensional state on a fifth dimensional planet where we are not overcoming these constructs of time, of money, you know, race, religion, and so on and so forth. Interesting. And <clears throat> that information came from out of the body experience as well? Yes, every everything. Uh, trust me, I, I cannot think of a single thing that I've written about in the duality of being that I learned in school, <laughs> you it. know, or just living life or from my parents or anything like that. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is all these are all perspectives from from what I call multidimensional travel. And it creates just an, a different type of awareness um, about just about every aspect of existence. Interesting. And so that's what I wrote about. Well, as you were speaking, I added your book to my shopping cart. So. Oh, I thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate that. Fascinating. So I can't wait to read it, learn more about it. And um, you got the books going on. Do you do anything else? You got the frequency of money. And what else do you do? Do you do anything else? I do. I so I, and I also write children's books. I, I have my first in a series of illustrated children's books on consciousness. I will write a children's book about money as well. Oh, okay. uh, we'll also look at bullying. We'll look at gender differences. We'll look at learning differences, physical differences, uh, how to speak to children about death. You know, in my adult book, I have a chapter on death and how we can perceive that as a transition and, and, and not something to be grieved in the way that we do. Um, let's, uh, but rather to be celebrated as a graduation, if, if you will. And, um, you know, how not to perseverate on the physical um, and, and really understand that we are infinite beings um, and we are, we are in these, these pretty fantastic bodies, but they are finite where we are infinite and we've had other embodiments. And so how do we talk to kids about that so they don't fear death? Uh, so adults, people don't fear death, you know, that, that they look forward to the transition that they perhaps have graduated the third dimension. And so the, the children's books are coming out. Um, the first one is out. The second one will come out in this, uh, this year, the end of this year. And mm -hmm. then we, I do, I have private coaching clients. I coach professionals who like me, people that have reached me with the height of their material or career success, but still have a soulful emptiness. Mm -hmm. or are unfulfilled in some way. And I have uh, private clients for energy. I'm an energy healer. And so I, I do move energy. Okay. And I was doing a healing teleseminar for several months and I decided to transition that into a podcast called Be Conscious. And so I'll be launching my podcast in a, actually a few days. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. As soon as you have that link, send it to me and I'll put it in the description. Thank so you. Even if it's two weeks from now, just let me know and I'll still add it to the description. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. And for the children's book, how, how did you get into writing that? 
Well, I have a, a child, and when I first started writing The Duality of Being, I started writing it in 2016, um, after I was laid off from my finance job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, a children's manuscript came to me as well. And I named my first children's book, Two Parts of Me, I Am More Than My Body, uh, to really uh, remind kids of their multidimensionality, that they are more than a physical body, and how to really interpret or really look again at their dream state, and how that is a part of their their existence that it's as real as this physical existence, but it's the, it's the reality that their soul experiences. Um, and you know, how not to discredit our dreams or daydreams that they are real. Um, even though we, we are conditioned to believe them, uh, or, or to marginalize those experiences. And, uh, so that's how that started. I, I really wanted to be able to communicate with children. So, all my children's book series will, or will highlight real children in their real situations and their real lives um, and how to communicate more difficult topics from a more conscious perspective. And so, yeah, my, my children's books are out as well. And, again, I'm looking to have both of my books in my future children's series and physical stores beginning this year. Perfect, perfect. Do you recommend for the child to read it themselves or have a parent with them to read it you know my children's books are i I have a children's book editor and they are designed for children age five to ten okay so i think you know the younger children yes would be likely a parent particularly parents who are conscious or coming into their conscious awareness and want their children to be conscious or to stay that way Mm -hmm. Uh, but as kids you have a 10 year old you know who can read it on his own but Still, some of the concepts may not, again, are not taught. Um, so it might be helpful to have a conscious parent involved with my children's book series. Perfect, perfect. And I'll have a link to the, you have that book on Amazon as well? Yes, it's called okay. Two Parts of Me. I Am More perfect. Than My Body. Yeah, and it's also on my website. Perfect. I'll have the links below in the description. <laughs> you mentioned your energy healer would you like to expand on that in case yes so during my conscious awakening i learned i was attuned to move energy and the way that that happened was um i went to a place called the monroe institute in virginia for out-of-body travel Oh, and and it was the first time that i had ever experienced energy healing i'd never heard of it to be honest um and I had my first Reiki session there and I had an, a shift occurred for me during that time that I was in residence at the Monroe Institute. I was there for just about a week for an out-of-body intensive course. And when I got back home to Atlanta, I don't know, several months later, I decided to Google Reiki Atlanta and see if I could get another session because I felt so good after I had the one in Virginia at the Monroe Institute and found the... Atlanta Metaphysical Center, again, something I'd never heard of. And I booked an appointment online with an energy healer, never met her. I went to my session, signed like a waiver, lay on the table and proceeded to leave out of my body. When I left, I was used to leaving at that point, but I had no idea that the healer could tell. Like I, I didn't know what 
the energy healer felt. I just knew that I was out of there and I felt like my usual, I felt incredibly free. So like a, when it like an out of body experience, yeah, there? I just left. Like I felt oh, my, no. I could feel my energy leave, and I was like, "Yes, you know, I, I love it. I, I love leaving out." Well, the healer, she did my session, and she rang this bell, and said, "When I came to, I didn't realize it, but I had all these stones in my hands, on my feet, all over me." And she told me not to move. And she mm -hmm. went out of the room and came back with a cup of water and was visibly shaking. And she said, I need to talk to you. And so she took all these stones off of me and had told me to sit up and sit at this little desk that was in the room. And she said, I don't know how to tell you this, but she said, when I was moving during your session, I, I thought I lost you on the table and I, I didn't know how to get you back. And so she said, I have moved energy for 25 years and I've never met an energy like yours. And she's described it. She said, it's ancient. She described it as ancient. Ooh. And so I said, you know, and I said, oh, you shouldn't worry. I, you know, I, so I told her that I knew how to leave out of my body and kind of this awakening that I had had and that I'd gone to the Monroe Institute, like this whole thing, this whole story. And she said to me, she said, if I ever wanted to learn to move energy, she would teach me. And at the time, I was like, oh, well, I got a kid. I got this. You know, like, I, I was too busy. You know, I was too busy. <laughs> but eventually, I, I got my attunements over a couple of years, and she attuned me to, to move energy. And so now I, I also move energy. But I do it in a way that I believe is different from my master, the person who attuned me. And I communicate telepathically with the soul. So I can hear the soul of the person. And many people in my energy practice see their ancestors or, you know, have their own out-of-body experiences. They feel like a dissociation from themselves. Some people feel fear in that and they, and they try to hold on and not leave, but they feel themselves leave or they can feel um, multiple hands on them. They feel that's how they feel that there's multiple people working on them or multiple energies there. Some of them feel pain leading out of parts of their body. Um, some people see past loved ones or relatives and things wow. like that that they need to make closure with. And so it's a very deep, soulful healing. It's not, well, I, I, I can't say what it is not, but it is, a, it is a transformative experience. And I think it comes from I, I tap into this universal substrate of healing love energy. And I'm a, I, I call myself a conduit for this energy. But I also can connect with the soul of the person. And so I have uh, energy clients around the world. Oh. I have clients in uh, Denmark and Norway and uh, Amsterdam and California down the street. You know, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. There are no limits. I always say energy is um, not bound, you know, by geometry or geography, time or space. Mm -hmm. It is infinite. And that is how I connect, you know, when I heal my son and other children. I have a children's practice. Like I, some people ask me to heal their pets when I'm seeing them. So I'll, I'll do pet, you know, animal Reiki. 
and I, I do it on adults. Uh, so I, it's, it's, it's part of what I believe was my true healing power, even though as a young person, I thought it was being a, a medical doctor. Um, but now I realize where my true power is and it's in wow. healing what I call the soul. Interesting. And you can, you can do this in person or over. Distance. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So I, I tend to do mine over the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I like to do it that way is it allows the person that I am, my client to have privacy. And so when I, when I move energy, I have, you know, make sure that you can lie down comfortably. You can be in your bed, you can be on the couch, wherever you want to be, uh, where you're comfortable. And I, and I don't like to view my clients, um, because I want them to feel that they can move or do whatever, uh, outside of my view, the real focus is the energy. Uh, and all I say is required is to be open to receive. And then I'll make a connection with the soul of the person. And it, 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 you know, this energy is infinite. It does not matter where you are geographically on the planet. Right. And so, yeah, I, I have an uh, international healing practice. I also an international speaking practice. My next speaking engagement is in Cairo, Egypt, uh, March 4th oh, wow. and 5th. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That is interesting. And... Anybody can go to this or? Uh, this, this is a private, well, private? Uh, it, yeah, I, it's, it's not necessarily open to the public. It's an invitation um, okay. by the president of Egypt. And there's like a delegation of, of dignitaries. Wow. Um, Congratulations. But I will, yeah, I was speaking at an international um, conference. It's called Women Economic Forum in Cairo. And um, go from there. Keep going from there. Wow. Congratulations. That's pretty cool. That is interesting. Um, what else did we touched on your books? Um, we touched on the energy healing, the frequency of money. Is there anything else you would like to talk about? Well, just that if, you know, if any of your listeners would like to know more about healing their relationship with money, I am offering my four week frequency of money. It's an audio course. Uh, on sale right now until February 29th. I keep everything on sale for my birth month, with this, which is February. <laughs> and uh, really to help people, again, heal their relationship with money. It's a very new paradigm in how we can think, believe, feel about money to attract wealth. There's more than enough money for everyone to have all the money that they ever desire. Absolutely. But we must know how to request it and how to really overcome our energetic blocks toward having more. And so there are exercises in the audio on how to uh, uncover limiting beliefs or some healing um, invocations in there. There's direction on how we can quiet the mind, how we can transform feelings, how we can speak to the energy of money. So I encourage anyone that has a money issue, I don't wanna call it a problem, but as notice the pattern in their life where the money isn't showing up how they want it. How do we do that? Not just saying that it's not about money. It's about something else, but what is it about? And then getting to the root of it, whatever it is. Um, and feeling in a place where it doesn't matter what the money 
what the bank account balance says or that you you never have to worry about money like being in a place where you're like you know what this is this is all good like everything is being taken care of and if if it's not then i begin to do that process of introspection and saying well what is it that i need to learn what is it do i need to forgive what is it do i need to transform to alleviate this feeling of not having enough or this this recurring scenario of not having enough so i like I, I believe that I will speak uh, and write uh, about this energy of money until I am no more because it is right. so vitally important to all of our existence to have a really happy existence, to really love money and let it love you back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Fascinating. Thank you. And then what makes it interesting is that you got majority of your information from being out of body. <laughs> yes, it's that's right. More interest because it's a you know it's a different point of view. Yes. So. Yeah, I, I said most of us have heard of a bird's eye point of view, and I said, well, imagine having a point of view from the cosmos. Wow. So being that's able to look at this planet from a different space and from really a different energetic space, and then coming back into the, your physical self, knowing things that you couldn't, you can't possibly comprehend where from where it comes. It just comes from a vastness of universal knowledge that each of us has the capacity to tap into only if we allow it and elevate our frequency to do such, you know, to do such. Interesting. Um, for the one thing that was been on my mind, especially when you said that uh, when you was with the, the Reiki energy healer and you mentioned, she, uh, she said that felt ancient. Yes. Felt ancient the thought that came in my mind is like, like it would be interesting if you ever had a QHHT um, session, like a past life regression. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that would be interesting. Or Canon used to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm familiar with, well, I was familiar with her work. I've read a few of Dolores Cannon's books. And I actually went to a QHHT, like a, someone that was trained uh, in her system. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I wasn't able to be regressed, um, but at least by this one practitioner. Maybe I could be by someone else. I'm not sure. But what I have learned about myself from being out of body is that I have been a multidimensional traveler. Um, uh, that is innately who I am. I've been asked when I've been out, how do I find my way around dimensions? And I just seem to know my way around. And I didn't understand how I would know that. No one ever People are surprised to see me or energies are surprised to see me show up knowing that I have a, a physical form on the, on earth, uh, that I can arrive in different dimensions or exist as a point of light. And I, you know, have learned about myself that this is the nature of my being, that I have been a traveler, this, this type of being uh, with this type of energy uh, into kind of eternally, and that this is uh, this incarnation, this current incarnation of mine um, is, is, was really a call from the universe uh, for, for light beings or for beings to come to help this planet make the ascension. Mm -hmm. And many of us came in waves, you know, as you probably know, to help this planet. And right. now I understand why I, why I came for, for, uh, for many years, I forgot why I came here, and now I remember. 
Interesting. And there might have been a reason why you weren't regressed. You know, usually there's, you know, there's a reason for everything, but maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you're already going off into the cosmos already. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when you started talking about all that, I was like, wow, that would be interesting. I'm pretty sure you got some interesting things going on, <laughs> you know, yeah. in your lives. <laughs> yeah, I would be interested to know, I mean, about my other physical incarnations, but it's been a while since I've been incarnated. So I'm not a recent incarnate of Earth. I know that. Um, That's amazing that you know that, too. Oh, yeah. I, it, yeah, I, I think so, too. I've learned a lot about myself. <laughs> um, from other, you know, from other healers, from other um, psychics and intuitives have also told me such things. Gotcha. Um, uh, yeah, astrologers. I, I just heard different types of things about myself, and then I've also come to know myself, and 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 realize it was difficult for at times to come back to to this body. Um, I didn't always want to. Uh, I didn't. I didn't want to make the commitment to be here. Uh, it just seemed so much more fun being out of here. <laughs> <laughs> or so much more like free, you know, more freedom. Uh, yeah. That's dense, as they will say. <laughs> the dense uh, energy. But yeah. I, I will complete my term here. Um, and, uh, do my, do my conscious work, do what I am to do here. Um, if I think if everyone woke up consciously and then wanted to immediately leave out of here, we would get nowhere. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting points. <laughs> Fascinating. Wow. A lot of great information. So was there anything that you wanted to talk about that we did not talk about? Yeah. If I could ask, how did you get into this work that you're doing? Uh, what part? The interviewing? The yes. YouTube? Well, let's see. It started with Dolores Cannon as well. But before that, it dealt with, I kind of had like my little awakening in a way. Um, I always felt like there was something more out there, like something was out there. And I remember telling it to Karen and Karen was like, what is it? I said, I don't know if I knew I would tell you. So I said, I don't know what it is. And then I was always fascinated with Atlantis. And then, um, I was watching Ancient Aliens and uh, an episode came on and where they were talking about the crystal skulls. And then they were talking about, you know, how they're, you know, made a long time ago. Maybe it was ETs. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was made by machines. Maybe it's a hoax. Maybe it's fake. And so, you know, Karen was like, well, here, I have a book on it. And, I'm, and she brought me, I don't have it here, but it was like a thick book. And I'm like, I was like, you read that whole book? And she's like, no, I never read. I just read half of it. And so I started reading it. And then it was interesting. They were talking about how the crystal skulls were part of the Atlantean culture and uh, maybe Lemuria as well. And that they were very powerful and contain a lot of knowledge and, and energy. So I'm like, okay, caught my interest. And then, um, I was a big fan of Edgar Casey as well. <clears throat> and I bought a couple of his books and then he started talking about Atlantis. So I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So here it is again, it's coming up again. And then 
the information that was coming through was was just uh, fascinating. You know, you think Atlantis was just like basic communities, just you know, people in stone buildings and you know, farming and called it a day. Now it was a lot more advanced than that. And then um, Edgar Casey and that Crystal Skull book said that how advanced Atlantis was that you know they had machines they had technology they had healing technology matter of fact their healing technology was so much more advanced than ours in my mind i'm like no way i was like there's no way i was like we got x-rays we got this we got that you know but that's kind of like what we need now but back then they didn't need all that because they they kind of had that intuitive sense that psychic sense and you know the, the crystals and they and more command light. of the elements, yeah. yeah. They understood light, energy, and sound, and they, yeah, they knew right. how to tackle all that stuff. And they had their technology as well. So I was like, okay, now I'm really interested in finding out more. So I read the rest of his book, and it was just getting more and more interesting as I was reading it. And then after that, I'm like, hmm, I started wanting to know more. So I, I found another book online read that book and then uh it was pretty good it was interesting caught my interest a little bit more and then after that i w was on youtube and i'm like let me see what they got on youtube and dolores cannon popped up and she had an interview and she was talking and she wrote a book about atlantis so i'm like okay and i think it was convoluted yeah the first book convoluted universe the first one mm -hmm. yeah i have that yeah, yeah. so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He has a chapter on Atlantis, so I went straight to it. Just skipped all the other chapters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And once when I read that section, I was like, wow, that was amazing. You know, how advanced they were, how, you know, deeply connected they were, you know, how they destroyed themselves, how they were playing around with DNA and how they were changing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. animals. And, you know, and then it's like, we're here to warn you as well. You know, we're providing you this information, but we're warning right. you because you're doing this again same thing yeah yeah you know you're playing around with animal dna you know mm -hmm. you're playing around with energies that you don't comprehend <clears throat> you know because i think back then they were talking about like dark energy uh uh antimatter that that they were talking about supposedly that's what we think they were talking about <clears throat> so they're like we're warning y'all y'all doing it again y'all playing around with nuclear power you know, bombs, and you're about to destroy yourselves again. And then it talked about all the other things about how advanced they were, you know, whether it was healing, techno uh, transportation. Right, right, right. I'm like, okay. So I, I, was, I was like, well, let me finish this book. Let me see what this the rest of this book about. And then it was, it got even more and more fascinating. And then I was just hooked. So I couldn't put the book down. And then after that, <clears throat> I finished this book and then I was like, you know what? I want, I'm going to read the second one. And you know, they're not small books. They're pretty right, thick. Right, right. <laughs> so, and bought the second one and then it was just more and more fascinating stuff. And then I realized that she was teaching her, her QHHT stuff. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, all right, well, you know, I started asking, you know, a couple of family members and, and uh, asking them like, you know, getting a feel for it. I was like, what do you think about past lives? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
come to find out, I would never thought this, but they kind of like, yeah, I think there's past lives. You know, I think we, we've been here before and mm-hmm. you know, we reincarnate. And I'm like, really? I didn't think you would think that. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> but you know, you don't know until you ask and then um, <laughs> ask about hypnosis and they're like, yeah, you know, that, that's interesting. Like it, it's interesting different point of view it's not the hypnosis where you're on a stage and you know right or anything like that so um so i started pursuing it just to see just to see what what it was all about pursue it more get a feel for it and then after that it was um now it's kind of like at this crossroad so i'm interested in this i'm interested in this as well and the atlanta stuff as well from ancient past so i'm like what can I do that combines all three, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm like, and, and it's kind of like you, you know, out of body experience. For me, it was the dream state. And I think it was around October, three o'clock in the morning, I'll wake up and it's like all these thoughts were coming in my mind, like all these, you know, like, um, this is how you're supposed to do it, you know, um, ask the questions and, and do this and do that. And I'm like, ask the questions. Like, but I didn't make any sense. Ask what questions? And so the next day I go to sleep again. Then it made more sense. It's like, yeah, you know, collaborating with people, interviewing with people, asking those questions. And then if you think about it, you know, even when you're doing a QHHT session, you're asking the questions. You know, like you guiding them with your, <laughs> they're on their hypnosis. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then <clears throat> um, collaborating with other practitioners as well. You know, uh, Tracy, my co-host, um, she channels doctorians and so on. But it's that thing of keeping the conversation going and, and as they're channeling, keeping the questions flowing. Because... <laughs> You know, sometimes you're watching a certain video and you're like, man, I wish they would have went back and talked about that a little bit more. Yeah. You know, like you brought up this little part, but you know what? Circle back to that. Mm-hmm, elaborate mm-hmm. on that part. So I'm like, okay. And then, you know, I own another YouTube channel called Work to Invest where it's like, it's, it's deals with money as well, but also like investing in your health, investing in your Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, doing those video collaborations and asking the questions. And then, so after that, I'm like, okay, now I kind of understand what to do and how to go move forward. I got it. But now what do I do now? You know, how do I pursue this next step? You know, and Wednesday morning, it just hit me like, 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 like a pile of books just hit me. It was like, you're going to do this. You're going to, you know, send out, these type of emails you're going to send out these type of requests. And I'm like, okay. And that same morning I sent out something to the Facebook group that I'm part of and said, Hey, I had this on my mind. This is what I want to do. I don't know if anybody's interested, but if you are, let me know. This is kind of like what I want to do in the future. So I got like five or six people to respond back and, all of them were like very excited. All of them were interested. I'm like, okay, this is going to work. This is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then, um, an opportunity came up where, um, the person 
Tracy uh, that, that does the channeling, she's like, yeah, you want to do this every week? And I'm like, really? So I'm like, all right, cool. Um, sold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's easy for me. So next of all, it's just all of it was just coming into place. And then, you know, with me being new in this, you know, this video format, and I was like, oh man, I got to be on video. I was like, I don't know about that. You know, I don't want to be on video, but you know, I just said, just do it. And it's kind of like yeah. how we're talking about what you're willing to put your energy into to receive something good from it. So I was like, I'm just going to do it. Whatever happens, happens. So I'm going to. And how long have you been doing it now? Uh, for this channel, it will be almost a year in February. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So for this channel, it will be a year. Now the other two channels are um, a little bit older because I started those first. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. where my interest was. I thought this, you know, I was like, well, this is what I really want to do. But I was like, you know what? I kind of want to do all three (laughs) (laughs) and just connect all three of them. So that's how I got into it. (laughs) And is this, do you have a different job or is this your work that supports you financially? I do have a regular job. I do uh, real estate as well. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the real estate pays the bills and this is kind of like my fun, my hobby and hopefully, right, right, hopefully right. you know, it expands into other things as well. So I've been meeting a lot of fascinating and interesting people. So mm-hmm. it's been interesting so far. And it, and then um, another cool thing was like, as I'm talking to uh, the people I, with my ideas of what I had and they're like, and this kind of blew me away. One of my um, fellow practitioners was like, well, you're not going to believe this, but when you sent out that message that morning, I had a dream about you. And I'm like, okay, what was that about? <clears throat> and they were talking about how we we're doing this uh, uh, like speaking event. And I was up there speaking on stage. I said, no, way. I was on stage speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I like what they're like yeah you was up there and then I was up there and then you know th- these other people were up there so it was like a panel panel yeah and we were up there and you was first I was like oh I was first I was like, <laughs> so she goes but don't worry it was it was in the future it was a long and it was something like we had to, to describe how we knew things and why we knew them and then mm kind of like that was like the topic yeah. and when she told me that and I'm like oh, okay this is pretty cool so but yep that's that's the history in a nutshell all right well wonderful all right um if anything changes in the future if you have any updates of anything new coming out you know let me know we, we could do another video collaboration get back okay. together so um your other book as well if you once when that other book is out and you would like to speak about it and talk about it let me know we'll do thank you so much we'll do another video okay thank you (laughs) all right well thank you very much thank you for coming on thank you for having me jason you too you take care thank you bye-bye